Welcome to Prickly and Blooming, hosted by Jesse Browning and brought to you by LaJoy Society. At age 35, Jessie theoretically adored her life. She was a mama to four children and owned multiple businesses with her husband. But without an ability to cope or care for herself, an isolating darkness crept in. Through reckless self-care, therapy, and lots of candor, Jessie found her joy again. She has created LaJoy Society to embolden others to do the same. Each week, we will meet a woman who has an authentic story to share. Undoubtedly, Jessie will be sharing her big heart, unusual life, and countless theories with you along the way. Now, here's Jessie. Hello, everyone. Today, I have Callie Wiley with me, and I know this gal from being a podcast buddy. We'll talk about her podcast. Um, we also went to the same conference together and didn't meet each other until afterwards. You know, that's the best conference bonding is after <laughs> a shared experience. And yeah. <laughs> uh, so Kelly, welcome and thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Me too. We get to see each other. I know. I love it. Yes, me too. So Kelly, want to briefly tell us... Um, about your website and your podcast and we can we'll share it again at the end in case people you know want to hit the hit the buttons to find you but tell me a little bit about your nutrition rookie project yeah absolutely so i'm callie wiley um i recently mm, we're up about three or four months launched the nutrition rookie which is a essentially a hub for people to come chat and meet and get resources and gain knowledge based around their health and wellness stories so I have a pretty extensive health and wellness story. I've lost about 80 pounds. And in that journey, I super struggled to kind of find resources and support and people that understood what was happening and how to go through it and that I wasn't alone. And so the podcast <laughs> is basically a story sharing podcast to kind of go over different people's stories, what they've been through, how they've struggled, how they've celebrated their successes and kind of where they've come from, basically to teach people that they're not alone. So bringing full circle that you're not alone in the journey that you know that other people are out there struggling too and how to get help resources support based around kind of what your journey is like and so it's been super fun it's been super fantastic so far the podcast has been awesome and then we recently launched 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 a resources tab on our website so that there's like meal planning and fitness trackers and all sorts of stuff on our website as well so it's been awesome it's been so much fun that's awesome. So that's at the nutritionrookie.com right now, right? If somebody wanted to go find your resources, yep. which I saw, yep. Kelly sent me uh, versions. Yeah. They're adorable. <laughs> Kelly's doing it all, everyone. And she's doing it all from a place so of knowledge and experience and empathy. And there, I mean, I was interviewed on Kelly's podcast and shared this similar kind of story that we all kind of have is like, um, I don't realize that everybody kind of starts out this way. You know, everyone starts out like, with a rusty, you know, we are uh, chained like on your bike, like, I'm trying to do this. Yeah. And like, and the more that we share those stories of it's not easy and it's hard and I want to cry and I want to eat all the Doritos, you know, knowing that it's okay and just get back up again and keep going at it is so beneficial. And it's so much stuff that's not talked about. Like people don't talk about mm -hmm. emotional eating and they don't talk about binge eating or they don't talk mm -hmm. about like how they had dinner and then binged on Taco Bell burritos in the drive-through after they left dinner. Like you just don't talk, like you're not like texting your friends like, Hey, I'm binging on right. burritos. Like you just don't do that. And so yes, giving a platform to share that and know that it's okay. And you're not mm -hmm. a horrible person because you're struggling too. 
is so important and so important to get people connected so that they're not feeling like they're the only ones out there struggling out there trying to do the thing. Agreed. Cause I think what sets us all back is like a mindset of like, it's too hard. I can't do this. And this isn't how it's like for everyone, but you know, if you dig a little deeper, it is. And if, and people, um, which I'm finding here through this project is people that have stories to tell. It's so meaningful, you know, Mm -hmm. if we can, we can share, you know, the shitty stuff as long as uh, in addition to, you know, the good stuff, you know, like I said, saying the prickles and the thorns, you know, the, the flowers and the thorns. So oh, 100%. Yeah. So this is like perfect. Uh, your whole story is just dovetailing perfectly to the mission here. And so I want to know as when I, I said the sentence and a couple of other people have said the sentence, was there a moment in your life when you said, this can't be my life? Oh, girl. There, yeah, sure was. There yeah. sure was. And it's funny because it kind of started my health journey. It started a whole new life. It started everything for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I, let's, let's hear it. I was drunk in an airport from oh, Sacramento, oh. California to Charleston, South Carolina. Um, Atlanta was my layover. Atlanta oh. airport and I have a good fond memory. Um, <laughs> so I got married super, super young. Um, I was 21 when I got married and we were not a good fit. Like there's, and I can go more into detail with that, but we were not, we were young, we were stupid. There was a lot of debt involved, which caused a lot of financial stress. There was a lot of just, he wanted something different and he was not supportive to what I was conducive of. I was not supportive to what he was wanting. Um, It was just bad. It was just all bad. And I used to be part of Rising Tide Society, which is a super awesome group for small business owners. Um, Essentially, it's like a their whole tagline is a rising tide lifts all boats, community over competition. Um, awesome, awesome organization. Love and I that. was a leader of our Reno group uh-huh. and it's an awesome group. And so I founded the Reno group um, and every year there was a leaders retreat to go meet with all the leaders of the different cities and blah, blah, blah. And I was freaking miserable when I left for that retreat. Like I was so far overweight. I was so unhappy with my life. I was in this like very toxic, very damaging marriage. Um, super young. Like I thought I was still ready to take on the world and like everything felt like it was pushing so far against me. Um, he was very emotionally abusive, like very just belittling and a little rough. And it was when I went to that leader's retreat and I got to the airport in Sacramento and sat down at the bar and I do not know who this, what this guy's name is. I called him Bojangles. He was in basketball shorts, a hoodie, and a cowboy hat. And we sat at that Sacramento airport bar and got hammered and then got on a plane and flew to the Atlanta airport for a layover where he also had a layover and like stumbling drunk, had to eat Chick-fil-A before the airplane would let me on my next flight to South Carolina where I'm meeting people to hang out with these girls that are launching businesses. And I cried in that airport more than words will ever explain about like, this is what I've let my life get to. I am so young. I am throwing my life down the drain. And most, most people that know me well know that I don't drink much anyways. So for me to be like 97, no, it was like 10, literally 10 mimosas in, in the Atlanta Mm -hmm. airport was not a pretty sight. Like literally the flight attendants, like, girl, you need to go eat some Chick-fil-A. And I was like, okay, like I am not a good place. This is not good. (laughs) And it was that moment that I flew to South Carolina. The week was awesome. I spent time with some really inspirational, really awesome 
individuals. And that whole trip just broke me down, pushed me down further and further as far as like I needed to get out. I didn't need to be in a marriage that I didn't want to be in. Um, I was super fearful of the stigma behind getting a divorce so young. Like I had this like vision in my head that like if I get a divorce, I failed. Like I got married so young and I was supposed to have my life together. And uh, I at the time owned a wedding planning business. Um, he was an aspiring photographer. Like it was this perfect, like, oh, like we're creatives that have our life together and it's going to be awesome and fairy tale love. And I was like, this is freaking horrible and I'm miserable and there's not a supportive relationship happening here. And it's not, this is not healthy. And that whole week just tore me apart, really wrecked me the whole flight home. It was like, I got to get out of this. This is not where I need to be. This is not a marriage I need to be in. My health is depleting. I they thought that I had colon cancer at one point because my intestines were so messed up from stress. Um, just one thing after another, like my health was just so damaged because of the stressful situation that I was in. But South Carolina, that was my big breaking point. Big breaking point. Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> like there's no rating, but like there is, there it is, right? Like that. I hope that Bojangles hears this and knows. Who yes. I am out there at the airport because I don't know his name, but that's like called it. Yeah. We drank for hours. Yeah. Uh, my my dog's name when I was a kid was Brewster, but his show name was, his show name was Mister Bojangles. <laughs> I hadn't I thought it. about that in years until you said that. <laughs> what I I imagine <laughs> that you're not the only one. Uh, you know, uh, stewardesses or you know, air, flight attendants deal with that all the time. And it's such a microcosm, you know, it's such a great, like traveling in airports really puts you under that like glare of like what's going on, right? In your life. Like exactly. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like when you put the magnifying glass in the sun and you know what I mean? It's like, you know, the light and burn the ants, that whole trick. Like that's what airports do in some, this, this really fascinating way. Like there's such a weird experience. So now that now that we know, you know, where everything changed, like you did a little bit, you filled this in a little bit um, of how what got you to that point. And you got married when you were 21 and yeah. or 19, 21, 21, 21. And like, t- take me back there. Like what, how did this, how, you know, how did you get to that day? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now that we did so, the flyover. Yeah. So my ex-husband and I met when we were pretty young. There was some family history, like his family, like really deeply, like, like my grandparents and his grandparents were neighbors like years and years and years ago in Southern California. So there was some like very long back family history, um, met young, got married young, um, as our relationship kind of developed and anyone, anyone that gets married young knows that you change. So not even if you get married young, you know, that you change so much between like that 21 and 23, time frame anyways like what you want is different what you are doing is different you're like kind of navigating like schooling or no schooling or college or trade school or goals and dreams and kind of all that um when we first met we moved to Oregon to go to school there was a lot of little things that started to red flag me about my relationship with him that I never wanted to be open with like I never wanted to be like this is shitty and this is not working because I right. didn't want that failing stigma and so right. I just kind of put up with some of it. Like there were some little things like when we moved to Oregon, he would tell me little things like, oh, I'm registered for nursing school. And I was like, great, good for you. Like I was in event management, getting internships and stuff. 
And then I would like find out that he wasn't actually in school. Like he never actually registered for school. There was like some pretty heavy lying um, happening. And I was like, okay, this is not healthy. Like, I don't want to be involved in this. Like, this isn't good, but like, put your head down and be supportive. And you chose to get married and you chose to, I guess at this point we were just together, but you chose to be with someone and move in with them. Like, this is normal. This is normal. And I really tried to normalize things that to me were not aligned with my values and aligned with what I wanted. And so we lived in Oregon, things got weird. He wanted to move to Nevada. Um, I did not want to move to Reno, Nevada. Let me just put that out to the world. I love <laughs> Reno, Nevada now, but I did not want to move to Reno. Um, I really liked Oregon. Oregon was somewhere that like my end goal was to live in Oregon, the whole nine yards. And he had told me that he had gotten into a nursing program down there. So here I go. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be supportive. Like he got into a nursing program. We're going to move. And at this point, I was like super stressed out. Like I didn't want to move. It wasn't what I wanted. My health was really, really declining at that point. Like I was so stressed out that like my like internal organs, like down in my like GI tract were starting to bleed. Um, I had gained a bunch of weight because I was starting to emotionally eat. I was binge eating. I was coping with eating. And so I had gained like upwards of 80 pounds at this point from stress. And we moved to Nevada. I found out that he was not actually in any sort of a nursing program. He just wanted to be closer to his family and friends, which I get. You tell me that I'm cool with that, but don't lie to my to me. So things kind of started to build up. And as I was like watching my health decline and I was trying to get help for my health and he was not supportive in any way, like I would try to work out and he would like make fun of how I ran and make fun of like me trying and like make fun of like quote unquote health food and things that I was like, well, I need to lose weight. Like I need to get healthy and everything just piled on. And I cannot repeat enough to people. If someone is not supportive of you and not helping you grow and helping you be who you want to be, it is not worth it. It's not okay. It's not healthy. And you don't have to stay in a situation that's not good. And I finally hit that breaking point. And I remember calling my mom and being like, mom, this isn't going to work. I can't do this. This is literally killing me. Like I was getting like hives all the time. Like I had hives constantly. And my stomach was shredded and one thing after another and I was huge and uncomfortable and I was like mom I can't do this and she's like I know like I knew this was coming I just needed you to figure it out on your own and I couldn't tell you she's like well, I couldn't have yeah yeah and she's like you were just gonna do what you were gonna do and so I that was kind of like everything compiled and I ended up in South Carolina and the toxic side of that relationship and someone being so unsupportive and so different when we were growing um, really was not, it was not good. We were not good for each other. And I was so worried about the social stigma more than anything. Like, how am I going to announce on my social media that I'm getting a divorce? Because we did a pretty good job of like hiding our issues. Like we were not public about our issues. Like to the public eye, we looked like we were jolly and great and beautiful and Everything was good. And I was so afraid of a social stigma, which is so stupid mm -hmm. now that I'm looking mm -hmm. at it. Right. But I was right. so fearful, so fearful of like, I'm going to post a divorce on social media and what are people going to say? And right. that was like my biggest fear. And I ended up like we got South Carolina happened. We got we split up. And that was I know because going through a lot of it, like when there was a lot of like heated arguments of like, this is not working. We can't be together of him being like, how am I going to tell people? And like that fear of like, now we have to announce to people that we failed and you're fine. Like everything's fine. No one died. Like we just didn't work. We're fine. Yeah. yeah. And making that social announcement was so difficult and so worth it. It was so worth it because no one said anything bad. Like people were very 
consoling and very kind. And if people were saying anything bad, I didn't ever hear about it or know about it. So I don't care. And who cares? <laughs> yeah. And like, who cares? Yeah. Uh, I just last night was having a conversation with a friend of mine about um, announcing divorce on, you know, your social media and like, we wish more people did it and how we both actually congratulate people on their divorces. And there's not much of that that happened recently. And, you know, I saw someone and was like, oh, I, I talked about their partner and they were like, oh, we actually broke up. And I was like, oh, congrats. <laughs> and and gave a hug or a high five or something and the face of shock yeah like that, that she had she was like what <laughs> and yeah. you know she said, thank <laughs> you for, thank you for saying that and i think people think as a i'm married you know that i'm going to be like oh i'm sorry for you you know you're and i'm like high five like get after it that is a hard fucking choice nobody made it lightly you know and I love the, if we can normalize divorce announcements. <laughs> if anybody listening, Absolutely. if you're debating about whether to announce your divorce on Facebook, announce your divorce on Facebook. Do it. And there's something better on the other end of that. Yeah. And I literally, I think that there are people, and I've talked to people since then, that don't get divorced because they don't want to ever announce it. Like they don't ever want to tell people or they don't, they're like closetly divorced. Like they don't want to tell people that they're getting a divorce. And like, it sucked as much for me as I know it sucked for him. Like we were both miserable. Like there's no doubt in my mind, like that we weren't both so miserable. Like why, why would you stay with someone that you're both miserable and neither person's growing and you're like literally hate each other so much. You're literally like dragging each other down. Like why would you stay together? And then because you don't want social media to say something like I just, I will preach that to the, end of the day like if you are not happy you do not need to be in a relationship and you deserve better yes period hard stop and if, if like if anyone has anything negative to say about your divorce it's more speaking to what's going on within them you know than you it's like their own you know feelings about it you know maybe jealousy maybe they wish they could do it you know uh yeah i'm, fair I'm all for it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So divorce announced. Yep. It was what happens with Kelly. It was announced. It was a huge weight off my shoulders. Like it was a very, I don't want to say public thing, but like I was pretty open about it when it first happened. Like I was over it. I didn't care. I announced it. I moved on. Um, I long story short had been friends with my now he's now my husband, but he was my good friend for a long time like we were in the same social group so that was a big mm, social awkwardness I guess you could say <laughs> um Eric who's now my husband we had been friends for a long time in the same social group through my marriage like he had been dating people like like I we went on double dates like my ex-husband and my now husband and his girlfriend at the time like all went on double dates a lot like we were really good friends um Eric was the guy that just reached out to make sure I was okay like the zero motives very kind human that like hey are you good what can i help you with sort of person um and he was so embracing of just being kind and being supportive to hey are you good what do you need um that we just kind of built this friendship even more um which was really unexpected and really cool that just as friends we had gotten so close um and that's when i really started to hone down on my wellness journey and my health and myself and taking care of who I was. I had known that I had hit rock bottom with my health. I was super unhealthy. I was in and out of doctor's offices trying to figure out what was wrong with me. 
And it literally boiled down to stress. Like there was nothing more wrong. I was diagnosed. I was allergic to beans. But besides being allergic to beans, I was super stressed out. And so I was like literally internally bleeding. I was getting hives constantly. My hair was falling out. Like I was not okay. And so I started focusing on my health and I started like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? What can I do? So I signed up for a half marathon because that's the logical first step to do when you're going right, to get healthy, right? right? You're going to lose seemed, 80 that pounds. Seems like a, so you're going right. to sign up for a half. Beginner step. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I did something yeah. stupid and crazy and like, I'm going to take this half marathon on and I'm be my own person. It's going to be beautiful. So I signed up for this half marathon and in the process, like really focused on my health, really buckled down to see how I could lose weight and how I could eat healthier and be healthier. And it slowly just started working for me. So I like literally was like, I'm going to go out and walk every day. Like I can't run. I physically can't run. Um, because I'm too sick and I'm too unhealthy. So I started walking every day and putting one foot in front of the other and really started like I did like whole 30 diet and just like tried to like eliminate food out of my system and only nourish my body with good things and really try different things like I was doing like yoga and my walk run program that was slowly developing and slowly just focused on my own health and then Eric and I, like we started building a relationship and I was like, holy shit, he's supportive and loving and kind. And like, we're on a very similar growth path. And Eric has a very similar like growth mindset as far as like wanting to develop and grow and progress. And my ex-husband was not like that. Like he was very blame others for why he wasn't successful. And so having like all this new surround surrounding me and like new support and love and kindness and that overwhelming side of support that I had never seen was just so life-changing and I started doing like CrossFit which was something I thought CrossFitters were like biker gang <laughs> people so that was a really big step for me <laughs> um, and we eventually moved in together and started dating and fast forward got married but I lost 80 pounds in the process I started achieving things that I never thought were possible so I did the half marathon um, in San Francisco uh, three years ago now. And it was awful. It was not fun. It was awful, but I did it. And I like hit mile 10 and cried. And like someone ran past me, like I ran, I was like jog walk stuttering at this point, like dying, but like, and I was just crying and I was not, I was physically fine, but it was so overwhelming. Cause that half marathon symbolized so much for me of like how far I had come. Like Eric was there not running with me, but he was there supporting me. And it was like, holy crap. Like I let one whole chapter of my life go that I didn't want to let go because I was worried of social stigmas and brought in, I let someone new into my life. Like I was so afraid to let someone new in that they would hurt me. And I let someone into my life and I let him love me and I let him support me and I let him cheer me on at mile 10, cheer me on at mile 11. There was this like dog at mile 12, like a guy like in a cape with a puppy that was like, giving free pets to people running by. And like <laughs> Eric was texting me, like, if you could make it to mile 12, you could pet this dog. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's all I need in my life is to pet this dog. <laughs> like weird little things that like that half marathon was such a triggering point for like, oh my God, I have come so far and anything is possible now. And I'm freaking running a half marathon through San Francisco right now. And had lost weight and I had gotten healthy. I was off all my medication at that point. I had really found what worked for my body. I had lost all this weight. I'd gotten healthy. I had been doing CrossFit. So I was getting strong, I was running a half marathon. I let someone new love me. Like everything was just 
moving forward and just letting go of so much negative and not hanging on to it. And I, that was around the same time that I like really let the resentment and the hate towards my ex-husband go. Um, I had felt so much anger of like, you did this to me and you made me feel this way and you made me sick and you made me unhealthy. And I, that half marathon was one of those big, like I let go of that. Like, I don't hate him. I don't like, we were young and young and dumb and that's doing the best you could. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that half marathon was so symbolizing for me as far as like how far I could come and what I was capable of and letting go of the past and knowing that it was like kind of a fresh start. And so from that point on, like I did like a triathlon sprint later that summer and took on CrossFit competitions. And like I just registered for another half marathon, which I'm hoping is a lot less brutal. And I actually can like physically run it and don't die by the end of it. Yes. But it's it's so cool how much if you just really let your body like let go of what's so negative and what's been holding you back and really embrace new and change, it can be so empowering for you. Right. Right. To I, you and I've had a conversation about uh, our like prejudices about something, you know, before we do it and then we do it. We're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> Oh yes. Oh, that was that was me with a weird mindset, not the thing, you know. Oh, girl, and I create all sorts I love of stories yeah. in my head constantly. I'm like, yes. what if this happens? Yes. And I'm like, that'll never happen. Like, no one cares. That's never happening. <laughs> or what if it doesn't? You know, I I've been doing that uh, exercise of like, what's the worst that could happen? Right, right. There's everybody knows that, and then it's like you gotta you gotta turn that and be like, what's the best? that could happen, you know, like what's the best case scenario out of this. And like, it's, uh, that's what you couldn't see back when you were, you know, 21 and how, Oh, how long were you married? From 21 to. Oh, it was like 18 months. It did not last very long. It was okay. like a solid yeah. 18 month run. Yeah. Two no, months, two years I, maybe, but I think it was the closer yeah. to 18 months. That's nice. <laughs> there is. Yeah. Um, my husband was married at 19 for probably about 18 months as well. Yeah. See, everyone yes, goes yeah. through these like oh, <laughs> young and blissfully in love. I think too, part of us like going back a little bit, getting married yeah. is in the creative industry. Like mm -hmm. I was in the wedding planning industry and I had like had these big dreams of opening this wedding planning business. And there's like this stigma about like being married and like how cool and fashionable uh, it is to be married with like, like it shows that you have your life together, which it totally does not. <laughs> like, No, it does know. not. <laughs> No, no. And I totally had this like stigma that that was going to like help me be more successful, but it doesn't if it's to the wrong person. <laughs> it right. It does not work that it's way. going to work in the opposite effect, actually. Yes. Yes. 100%. Right. Um, just like what are the actual, you know, things like, like, let's say journaling, meditation, you know, therapy, blah, 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 blah. We did talk about CrossFit, you know, talk about that some more perhaps, but what, you know, what are the actionable, that's a weird word. <laughs> What are the attainable? Yeah. But like, what are the actionable, actionable things that like, you know, I mean, I wanted, this is a weird thing. Like I wanted to feel like a human again. I started reading books again, you know, <laughs> cause I had been a mom for so long and there was no time for book reading. Like just those kind of things, you know, eating how you started to eat differently. Yeah. There was a lot of little things that really mm -hmm. were like action things for me that really changed things. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, mm -hmm. eat, eating was a big one, how I was eating and what I was putting into my body was huge. Um, and not just the food itself, but being mindful about why I was eating. Mm -hmm. And so I was mm -hmm. always very emotional about eating. And so 
looking at food differently. So looking at food as something that like my body needed to be healthy versus how I was going to cope with my feelings. Um, mm. Just being aware of my mindful eating was huge. It was a game changer. It was totally something that changed my whole outlook of things because then I started to feel better. Oh man, eating was top up there. Um, journaling was my other really big one. So I started journaling um, about halfway through. <laughs> Eric had actually told me for months, like, you should really try journaling. I was having a ton of anxiety. I was really uh, kind of would have that, like, I would compare Eric to my ex-husband, which sounds terrible, but I would be like, oh, he used to make fun of me for this. So now you're going to make fun of me for this. Or he used to say this to me. So you're going to say this to me. And I would have a lot of anxiety around it. Like I would have anxiety that he was going to break up with me or he was going to leave me or he was going to lie to me or do something that was something that was not even in his characteristic because it had happened to me in the past. It was giving me a lot of stress. And he had been telling me for a long time, like, you should really try journaling. And I was like, no, that's dumb. Like, that's not going to help me. No, no, no. And it was actually our coach at the gym that was like, you should try journaling. And I was like, what a great idea. idea. Oh, <laughs> love the <that> idea. <laughs> and so I started journaling and I started writing down everything. Like I was writing down things that were triggering me as far as like, when this happens, this is how I was feeling. Or when this happens, this is what I was trying to eat. Or when this happens, this is how I feel. And this is why I feel that way. And just being aware of what my emotions were and what my feelings were and what was happening was so life-changing. Like I was able to have control over that feeling and control over those emotions that I never really, because I, I was able to identify them. Like I was able to say like, I feel shitty when this happens and this is what's triggering it. And it was easy for me to identify so that when it came up again, I could just, oh, like that's already happened. It doesn't matter. I don't need this. Like, this is just a feeling because I was very much like that. Oh, my gosh, what bad is going to happen now? Like, I had such a terrible outlook on things um, that being able to identify it and look at it in a different perspective was huge, huge, huge for me. Um, one of the other really big things from journaling is I got super into self-development and self-growth and how I can grow myself and how I can grow my relationship, my marriage. Personally, like I'm constantly challenging myself now um, with conferences, podcasts, books, like anything that I can do to grow and develop for my sake, for my husband's sake, for our relationship's sake, uh, within friendships. Like I am now seeking people around me that can help me grow and that I can help grow and that have that same growth mentality has been so, so, so empowering and so life changing. Um, just being around that growth pushes me to look in more of a positive direction. Cause I was so stuck in this like negative self-loathing. <laughs> oh, poor me. Yeah. Like I was very like, this is happening to me. Why is this happening to me? Why am I getting divorced at 20 something years old? Why am I not? Cause at this point too, I had closed my wedding planning business. Like that went down in flames with the marriage. Like, why am I doing all this? Like what matters in life now? Like just mm -hmm. very negative And so, oh, poor me. And as soon as I change that perspective to what is like, why is this happening for me and how can I grow from this and what can I grow with and anything around growth has been so, so empowering. And so I've really latched onto conferences, podcasts. I've gotten my husband into conferences now, like we went to a Dave Ramsey conference and now we're like taking on the world with finances and taking on the world with our marriage, taking on the world of everything. And then two tangibly friends 
friends and the people around us. Oh man, I don't have any of the same friends that I had. I have a few people that were kind of like core people that kind of stayed in my life through that divorce, but there was so much just, I don't want to say negativity, but some of that like, oh, remember when this happened with this? And like, I just needed fresh new people in my life that were willing to grow with me and willing to push me forward and not dwell on my past because I don't need to stay in the past. And finding new friends. And a lot of them have surrounded around like the gym. We have a lot of very close people to us that are in the gym that are very near and dear to our hearts. And then a lot of people like the friendship I've built with you and the friendship that I've made from people at conferences and in that same realm are more of the people that I've really latched onto just because of needing that support and that wanting to grow out of being stuck in a negative spot for so long and now wanting to look at just like how do I progress farther and harder and what do I do now and these are the same people that I'm like oh my gosh like what podcasts are you listening to and what books are you reading and what half marathon are you running because now I'm running half marathons all the time (laughs) like just weird things that I know that people will push me and motivate me and keep me moving forward so I I as you were talking, I wrote something down and I can't be the first person to think of this. And you're going to die. You needed a frenema. Seriously. I love that <laughs> so much. So much. I don't know how you came up with that, but I, I love wrote that. that. I was like, a friend enema. I was, as you were talking about, like, I need to clean out the problem. I was like, oh, you need a friend enema. And then I was like, a yeah. frenema. A frenema. You need to clean out some people in your life. <laughs> clean them out. I love that so you much. Heard, you heard it here first. I, I love that word. I hope it goes ever. public and I hope you trademark that. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, that is your term. How to, how to execute a frenema. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, I love that. Written down. You written down. We need a book. We need a book called "How to Execute a Friend of Mine." <laughs> <In front> of- <laughs> Shit, that's great. Oh fuck! So this, we've talked about this before. Um, about the um, we're both huge believers in the um, the five people you surround yourself with, you know, and how you how you are. Yeah, I think it was one of the first things we talked about. You know, of, of um, we both uh, have a vision for this year i think mine started kind of last year but in we in our similarities we both had the same level up was our like i i just said in a previous episode i don't have a word for the year it's just i have it more of like a journey you know like it's time to level up and i think that um a friend of us <laughs> are part of um are sometimes that like there's i want to be around people that are you know an inspiration in in what they're doing, you know, I, I want to constantly be, you know, kind of inspired and, and you are definitely in that part of the, the world for me now. And I, I'm so happy to have this time to talk. Aww. Yeah. Anyway. Love um, that. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, I think we got a good picture of like, you know, young Callie, like accepting, you know, the mediocrity of a young marriage, you know? And, yeah. and yeah. how you had your, yeah, mm. it doesn't have to be. I mean, I do, it doesn't have to be. And it's not more, I think it's more, uh, you'll totally agree with this. It's not age. It's, it's a maturity. Yeah. You know, like oh, there are plenty of people. Yeah. Yeah. There are plenty of people that can execute it at a younger age for sure. So Kelly, 
let's move into what now, you know, I know all these good things have like kind of now come together in a funnel way. And it's like, you know, losing all this weight, which is incredible, babe. That is so fucking cool. Like amazing. And you see, you've lost the weight. You, you know, doing the cross, the CrossFit queen and you know, blah, blah, blah. And I know that it's like the way that you're leveling up is, you know, similar in that you're creating a space for people. And I, I want to hear more about your nutrition rookie stuff and, you know, how this all came to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, when I was really 2019, mid 2019, I was very stuck in like, I know that I want to help people and I know that I want to give back in this space. I went back to school to a program, Precision Nutrition was a program and got my nutrition coaching stuff because I knew that I wanted to help people that had also been through the crap and been through the weight and been struggled with their weight and struggled with their bodies and struggled with body image and binge eating and the whole nine yards. And I went back, oh, that was two years ago, two and a half years ago, got my certifications for that and then was too afraid to do anything with it. Like I was like, I can't do this. Like I'm not educated enough in this. Like I don't have the experience in this. Like I can't go back and do this. And mid 2019, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I not doing this? Cause I was afraid. Cause here I still am like creating these really crazy stories of all the bad things that are going to happen to me if I do this. And, but I knew that there was so much passion in my soul about helping people get back on their track and get back to where they're happy and give back to their body and take care of themselves and feel confident to do things that that is really how the nutrition rookie was born. And I went to Rise Dallas, which is a conference that you were also at. And I was really nervous. Like I knew going into it that it was going to push me beyond what I was comfortable with. And that's why I went was literally that I knew I had these passions that I needed to execute. And I had been talking about a podcast for two years. Like I was like, I'm going to launch this podcast and then never did anything with it. And I went to Texas, got all fired up, was ready to take on the world and texted my husband in Dallas and said, I want to start a podcast. I said, this is the path I need to take. This is the journey I need. I need to start communicating with people. I need to connect people. I need to share people's stories. And I really want to make this happen. And as soon as I got back, he just ordered all the stuff for me. Like there was not even like a a discussion on it because he knows that like money really stresses me out. And so I was like, oh, I don't, I'm not going to buy it because it's $200. Like just little weird things like that. Like any excuse I could have, I was using. And so got all the podcast stuff, got the podcast launch. And it has been everything that I've ever dreamed of as far as getting people deeply connected through stories and sharing people's journeys and sharing that everyone is on a journey and everyone has things that they struggle with. Like no one is just social media makes it so easy to think that everyone's just perfect and people are sharing and it's getting a lot better. Like the social media platforms, people are getting a lot more raw and a lot more honest, which I like, but people all just show their like end story. Like, look at how fit I am and look at how healthy I am and look at how good I am. Yeah. And so you don't ever see the, like the middle, the three years that someone struggled and like them crying on their bathroom floor and them crying through a run and them throwing their shoes at the wall because they died on their run and all the progress that they had in between. And so having the nutrition rookie is helping fill that gap to show that people have those struggles. They have the celebrations. They ride that like wave of emotion and it's normal and it's okay. And your journey can be lifelong. Like it doesn't just end. Like once you hit your, your goal weight or your goal health, if you will, 
it's not, it's not the end. Like it's your story and your journey and your standards and how you're going to live your life out and bringing people together to share that has been so amazing. Um, I do one-on-one coaching now for nutrition as well to kind of fill in that gap of like helping people build healthy habits is one of my main focuses. I want people to eat well. I want people to eat solid, good, healthy, whole foods, but people need to also understand how to like be mindful about it and what triggers them and how they need to, like how much they need to be eating and when they should be eating and things like that. So I do do one-on-one coaching. Um, I'm super excited. This is probably the first time I've ever mentioned it, but to anyone besides you, but in the process of launching some large scale coaching around healthy habits as well. So that'll be coming in summer. Yay. I'm super excited about. And then giving free resources on our website. So giving free like meal planning website or resources. And there's an episode coming up on time management. So giving like free resources of like literally how to make your time management work out so that you're getting in your nutrition, you're getting in your cooking, you're getting in your sleep, you're getting in anything healthy related to your journey and giving all that back fitness trackers, anything like that, because it was so hard for me to find resources when I was going through my journey. And I constantly felt like it was me versus me versus me trying to find all these things. And so we've made a space on that website just to give it all. All those things, right. All those things are there. And then just looking at that, like realizing you're not alone and there's other people out there doing it as well. And so it's been so awesome and I absolutely love it. And it lights my soul on fire and giving people that opportunity. And then for me, getting to connect with people in interviews on the podcast has been super awesome. And like, I've made so many lifelong long friends from just interviewing people and hearing their stories. And like, <laughs> I have had a lot of random people reaching out as far as doing interviews and doing conversations about kind of their story and where they're at. When I've really gotten to know how some of these people are kind of like sharing their stories and what they're going through, it's really brought me closer to a lot of those people. So that, I mean, even though I, I'm in a very good place right now. I'm always looking to grow and kind of see how much more I can grow. And so it's been really cool to find those people through podcast interviews and that are willing to reach out and willing to share their stories and be so raw and intentional about what they're saying and give out their like really honest information. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been so rewarding. It's been so, so rewarding. Right. And like the real stuff, like I texted you when I got to the point of the episode where the guy was talking about your poop. He was like, yeah. you're, when you're talking about weight loss and you're talking about bodies, you got to talk about poop and how healthy is your poop. And I was like, like, yes, these are the conversations you need to have, Callie. This is and where I, it needs to go. And I and literally like, think out of all my health and wellness podcasts, like episodes, I think three people have talked about poop now. Like, Oh, yeah. It comes I did. up a lot. Yeah. Maybe four or five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It comes up a lot. More people it should be. Oh, my goodness. So... <laughs> If you ever want to do an investigative reporting one, I remember sometime years ago, somebody posted an article about where does your like weight go when you lose it? Like, where does it yeah. physically go? Like, I'll, we'll find the article and you can like tell people about well, it because it's, it's fascinating because like, where does it go? You know? Anyway, yes. like dark matter into the world. It, I forget what the answer was. Like, but I remember all the comments. Like, do you fart it out? Like, I, I'm actually almost positive you breathe it out, which is disgusting. Yeah. No, I think, think about, you do. I think that's what it was. Gases. You, I was going to say it t- transfers into gas, and you like mm-hmm. physically breathe it out, which is foul on so many yes. levels. But yes, breathing out. You're gonna. Fat. We're gonna. You're gonna do a podcast on this. Yeah. <laughs> we're all gonna blow people's minds. Minds. I love it. Oh, I love it too. The emotional eating, you know, aspects that you've brought up a couple times. I think 
the emotions and weight loss journeys are so intertwined and it's so forgotten. I feel like it's something that's so left behind because it's so much of it. It's much like um, money and uh, feelings. You know, we've talked about that, like how it's, but nobody talks about feelings and money. And it's much like food and eating because, you know, I know for me personally, it's the same, like when I'm just standing in the kitchen Mm -hmm. is, you know, it's, I'm not sitting down and being present at a meal, like when I'm just like grazing with the kids, you know, because they're growing, they do need a snack after school. And I'm like, well, what can I have? You know, yeah, what else is, can I is yep. right. And like how much that can destroy our, you know, moving forward. So let's hit back on emotional eating. Like, I want to hear more about your thoughts about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to add my disclaimer that I'm not a medical doctor. So that's my disclaimer. I'm not medical advice. However, um, I think that our culture and community is so based around emotions and eating. So in the marketing, in media, in social media, in commercials, on movies, in ads, everything, it all bases back to celebration or struggle or anything and food. So so like birthdays, you're celebrating a birthday. Everything ever in all of our culture has felt like you go out to dinner and you eat ice cream and you do cake and you do this and you do that. And it's all based around food. Um, on the contrary, it's all marketing and media based around food for like, you're sad. So you're going to eat ice cream and chocolate and chips and you're sad. So you're going to eat 12 bowls of cereal. Like that's just how the media portrays it. It's how we're sold it. It's how we're, we see it. It's what we know. And so I think around emotional eating, that's one of the things that has really helped me is disconnecting completely. And I've had clients that have experienced it that's been really helpful is you don't even associate like food and any sort of like celebration or struggle or anything is so disconnected from food. So like on your birthday, instead of focusing on like where you're going to go out and eat, it's where you're going to go and do an activity. So you're going to go out and like play miniature golf or do something fun that you enjoy doing, go to the movies, go wherever, something that's disconnected from food. So you're not using that as a celebration. I think it's easier in my opinion, to go after the positives first. So like it's easier to disassociate food and positive things first and then roll that into food and Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Because it's so hard, like emotional eating still to this day for me. Like if I'm like super sad or I have a really hard day and I don't want to cook, like I want to just eat out at a restaurant and I want to eat nine baskets of tortilla chips and 14 tacos. Like that's just me. Like that's just what I want. Yeah. And so if we can start working on disassociating like the positive celebrations with food, it's more likely that you're going to start disconnecting the food from negative things as well. Cause it's just, you just don't relate food to emotion. And I think that that's something that's so hard for so many people. And it's something that is not easy. Like it's not a one-time fix. It's not a like one and done. Oh, let me fix this. And now I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lifelong journey around that. And it is super common with all sorts of people, men and women. Like I know that men won't talk about it as much, but like you you Mm -hmm. might have a significant other that's struggling with that or a brother or someone that's in your friend circle. That's a male that's struggling with that as well. Um, It's just so common and it's just put in our face in the media that that's what you do. Right. Well, men uh, have a much larger hill to climb to talk about emotions, period. You know, 
they're not supposed to feel anything. They're supposed to just do all the things. Right. So then to add in another feminized, you know, kind of aspect, right. As the emotions are already feminized and then like, um, weight, um, fluctuations are feminized. Right. So it's like a double whammy, you know, of, of men to deal with that sort of phenomenon for sure. I mean, I don't think I heard of any men talk about their emotional oh, eating. Yeah. At least we can talk about it as yeah, women. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I know that for when I started my podcast, I originally just wanted to talk to women. And I had, I have male friends that have all like come to me and been like, hey, I struggle with this too. Like I, I struggle with this too. And so I've been really trying to find men that are willing to be open. And I'm super grateful that I've found a few that are willing to share their stories and their struggles around kind of what that looks like for them because it's such a hard thing for them as well. And so as a, like every woman has men in their life, like be mindful to the fact that they're the men in your life are probably struggling too. Like we all are more open to say like, oh, I struggle with binge eating or I struggle with emotional eating or whatnot. But be super, super mindful that 90% of the men in your life are struggling with it too, but they won't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Ah, big stuff. What a great... uh a road for you to go down with the nutrition rookie stuff. I'm excited about that. So with the nutrition rookie project, you um, have um, done coaching, you're doing a podcast, you know, you've got your resources on your website. Um, and this is going to be perfect. Like, I'm like, oh, let's tell uh, anyone listening about, you know, the larger project you're going to launch this summer and then really where they can find you on all these things. Yeah. So super excited. This is still a pretty new thing and we're not, I've not put it out to the world very much. So this is really exciting for me. Um, coming this summer, we're going to start launching a, a year long, basically a monthly coaching session on a large scale platform. So you'll be able to log in, um, to a website, see a monthly video with monthly worksheets and monthly lessons and really be able to work through it on your own. But there will be a, a year long commitment. You'll sign up for a year. Um, it'll be a one-time fee and there'll be a lot of little details coming out with that as we get closer. So, um, you can head on over to our website, which is the nutritionrookie.com, and kind of get signed up for our email notifications. So you'll know when that's launching and when that's coming out. And then also you can see our podcast on there as well. It's on all the platforms, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, whatever you choose to listen to. Um, you're already listening to a podcast. So you have some form of podcast platform form, that you listen yes. to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then really active on social media as well. So Facebook, The Nutrition Rookie, and Instagram, The Nutrition Rookie as well. So yeah. Gosh, cool. That's going to be really fun. Yeah, super I excited. love like the a big group setting. Um, I'm not sure what it'll look like when you have your thing, but like that is just such the important part of this all, especially when we're so sometimes rural. You know, I lived in a really rural place. Like sometimes there are resources you could go to in person in a city, but rural is like an, you know, an unserved market. You know, like I remember, you know, years ago when we were trying to have a baby, finding forums, yeah. you know, online. And like, if I hadn't found those, like there was nothing, yeah. you know, anyway. Uh, I think for me, there's, too, some, there's the large scale coaching too. There's so many people that want to get started on something, but one-on-one coaching is too intimidating. Um, it's too much, I don't want to say too much accountability, but it's too much of someone that's in that quote unquote professional listeners can't hear me, but that's an air quote professional, um, that is constantly checking in on them. And a lot of people are really fearful of that. And so the idea with the large scale coaching is that you'll still get that education. You'll still get those resources. You'll still get the worksheets. You'll get that one-on-one video coaching feel, 
but you, you'll be able to do it on your own. So you'll be able to build that confidence in your own house with your own computer, with yourself and really work mm-hmm. through some of mm-hmm. this. Cause it's hard and it's hard to be open, especially like if you're just getting started and that's our target clientele is people that are just looking to get started to building new habits and getting on a healthy track. It gives you that safe feeling. Like it gives you that comfort in your own home. Like when I first started on my journey, I was not hiring a coach for anything. I was not in a gym yet because it scared the crap out of me that people that were also in the gym were going to like point and laugh at me. And it just all was super intimidating. So I'm really hoping that this really can bring in some people to feel safe and still get that one-on-one coaching feeling without that one-on-one coaching. I don't want to say hounding, but that constant check-in, but you'll be able to actually work through it on your own. Right. And and when people can thrive in that sort of environment is when real change can happen because the personal accountability is going to be so important. Because it's like, it's not what are you doing when the coach is there, but what are you doing when the coach isn't there? 100%. 100%. And that's a skill. Yeah, that's a skill that needs to be nourished and embraced if you're going on, you know, any sort of, you know, weight loss journey as we're calling it. It's like you at the end of the day you're going to have to answer to yourself. Yeah, so. absolutely. And you're gonna, you're you're the yep. only person that knows if you're doing it. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. That's so great. Kelly, thank you so much for coming here uh, and talking to us today yeah. about all your fabulous cool shit. Thanks. And nutritionrookie.com and her Instagram and her Facebook. And I've got a note here on my computer to remember to say mine too. Uh, I have a website and everything um, on, you know, all the social media accounts are LaJoy Society. And I have a website, lajoysociety.com as well. And there's an email uh, list uh, that you can join and rate, review, subscribe all those fabulous things and find Kelly and find me and let's stay connected and let's stay in touch so that we all know we're not at this alone. There's, you know, there's people in the world that know this journey you're on. Uh, Thank you so much, Jesse. I appreciate it so much. You're doing so much good work and I'm so excited. So are you. Me too. I'm so excited for you. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be here. All the things that made no sense have felt so wrong and out of place now seem to fit. To tell a story
into 